Welcome to Decoding Superhuman. This show is a deep dive into obsessions with health, performance, and how to elevate the human experience. I explore the latest tools, science, and technology with experts in various fields of human optimization. This is your host, Boomer Anderson. Enjoy the journey. Today's conversation was actually brought about after my first podcast with my guest. After we stopped clicking record, or stopped recording, if you will, we got into parasites, a discussion about the good, the bad, the ugly, and most of it was ugly. And he gave me a book to read called Parasite Rex. I read it, was absolutely terrified, and invited him back on the show for round two. And so Wade Lightheart is back for round two. He is the co-founder of Bioptimizers, which is one of my go-to products and companies for all things digestion. He's also a bodybuilder and just an all-around fascinating individual. We talked extensively in the past about traveling the world, but today we get into some down and dirty stuff about parasites. We talk about Wade's experience with a parasite almost eating his eye. We talk about why water, pork, and other things may be things that you want to avoid, how EMF and the modern environment contribute to both magnesium deficiency as well as just higher incidences of digestive issues. And of course, I'm going to link to all of this in the show notes for you guys. It's at decodingsuperhuman.com slash wade2. That's W-A-D-E with the number two. Enjoy my conversation with Wade Lightheart. Before we kick things off today with Wade, I want to give a shout out to exercise. And exercise has evolved over the years for me as it has with Wade. We both love the idea of movement, but moving efficiently has become tantamount in my life as, well, I get occupied with building businesses in this health world. And so when I move efficiently, one of the tools that I turn to all the time, along with Carol and several others, is the Be Strong. And so Be Strong incorporates blood flow restriction training in an affordable mechanism for you. Best of all, like most devices that I look for, they're portable, meaning I can throw it in my carry-on bag and get an effective workout with just a band and a couple of blood flow restriction bands. You can get yours if you want to head on over to bestrong.training, use the code BOOMER for a 10% discount, and let me know what you think about it because I think it's probably one of the best workout cheats out there. Let's get on to my conversation with Bioptimizer's co-founder, Wade Lightheart. Wade's back for round two. Welcome, my friend. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. So uh, today we're going to dive into a topic, again, a first-time topic on the podcast, which is parasites. But um, you've managed to build yourself, what I've been told, an amazing place for biohacking in, uh, in California. Okay, first off, you moved to California because of golds, but what 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 kind of get goodies and gadgets could one expect to see at the house these days? <laughs> well, there there's a there's a continuous bringing in of of, of this uh, <laughs> this place. So we have uh, by optimizer we created what we call the bio home, mm-hmm. 
And the goal of the biohome is to create a self-contained biohacking center that allows me to work in my business. Uh, it allows me to train, to maintain my fitness. And it allows me to have a wonderful living space where I can entertain other people who are in the industry so that we can share ideas and just sit around and exchange or make filming and do all that sort of stuff. So um, this is a concept that we have, and I think it's becoming more relevant with all the mitigations that have occurred in the last while is I saw a recent statistic that 60, over 60% of the people who actually train in the gym don't feel that they're going to go back. And that's horrifying. (laughs) So let's even just say it's half of those people. That's a big hit to the fitness industry. And I'm a big advocate of, of fitness and maintaining one's health Mm -hmm. in a, in a technologically advanced world. We didn't have to do that before. Fitness was just living. And now with the technological advances, we have to consciously engage in that, or we'd just become like little jelly beans sitting on a couch. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So uh, I said, well, I found this place. And uh, one of the, uh, one of the principles is uh, he's a pretty impressive biohacker, particularly in the brain. Yeah. Um, Tony Flores is a very intelligent guy. He actually works with bioptimizers. And we said, hey, let's create this home together and, and put this together as, as, as an advocate for bioptimizers, our message and how you can turn your home in. So, mm-hmm. you know, we've got the standard stuff. We've got a infrared sauna and we've got a, some, a, a nano V and some rebounders. And we've got um, some PMF uh, technology. We've got brainwave uh, regulatory components. Of course, with Tony um, there, you're going to have that, right? It's like- yeah, we've got uh, water pur- specialized water purification systems. We got air purification systems. We've got uh, an entire gym upstairs with, you know, with attack bikes on the roof outside, which is cool, and a rower and mm-hmm. a big Olympic weight set and bands and bars and all the you know, little gadgets. And every now and then I see some little gadget. I'm like, oh, let's get that in. <laughs> <laughs> and then on the bottom floor, I have a, a, a live and work studio. Mm-hmm. Basically, we've got a kitchen set up. We've got my office where we do the podcast. I'm actually bringing in some other stuff. And I've just got a shipment of all this incredible audio video equipment so that I can really have a full-fledged recording studio that allows me to kind of bring in other biohackers, other people in the industry and provide a, a really nice curated space where they can communicate their messages to the world. And so it's uh, it's coming together quite nicely. It's fun. Oh, that sounds like fun. The, the Zen Den, the dojo, if you will, but I, I like yes. it. The Biohomes, a very good name for it. All right, let's transition uh, to something just slightly different than, you know, uh, biohacking gadgets. Let's talk about parasites. And I, I know you've got a personal experience with this and, or maybe several personal experiences because you and I have both uh, spent extensive time traveling the world. Yeah. Um, let's talk, when was the first time you encountered parasites or knew you encountered it? Yeah, well, what happened? I was in uh, Bali, Indonesia a number of years ago. And I love Bali. It's one of my favorite places in the I'm supposed the to be getting married there sometime soon. So, Oh, wow. It's a beautiful place mm-hmm. to get married. Uh, it's, it's an extraordinary culture, an extraordinary place. Mm-hmm. And, and um, it's one of my favorite places on the planet to go. Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately, when you travel to 
countries that have left less developed sanitation practices and medical facilities and stuff there, uh, the population is subject to more parasitical infections. And being a Westerner, I think that in a lot of cases, we're at a disadvantage because we're in a highly, um, I would say, antiseptic environment. Yeah. And we typically have a reduced immune response to pathogens, pathogenic bacteria and viruses and things like that. And so I went there and many, many times and never thought much about it, ate the food, did everything, and never really got sick. I'd have a few days where I might feel a little off, but I've used a variety of my nutritional supplements and strategies. You know, we talked about mm-hmm. oregano oil and things like that mm-hmm. and grapefruit extract and things like that to always, if I felt something that felt a little off, I'd pound all that stuff. And usually I was pretty okay. Mm-hmm. But what happened is I came, uh, I was back in the States several months after a, a Balinese trip. And I was messing around with a biohacking device. Uh, it was a tenant machine device where you kind of, it's a, it's, it's a healing as voltage technology. And I was playing around with it. Uh, me, me and Matt were both playing around with it at the chocolate tree in Sedona, Arizona, which is a great place to hang out for great food, by the yeah. way. And there's all kinds of biohackers meet up there and connect. And it's a, just a great place run mm-hmm. by uh, some friends of ours. And so we were using this device kind of blasting different organs uh, and we weren't using it properly. We were, you know, turning it on a little too much as biohacker. We, I tend to find what, what's the excessive amount. And then I pull back from there. It's, yeah, it's, it's a bad tendency of mine. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> and so the next day, Matt woke up and he had this excruciatingly like terrible throat. And I had, what seemed like an unusual itch in my eye. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I'd say, well, I'm, maybe I'm excessively dehydrated. Now, I was actually traveling to California the next day. And on the ride over, my eye kept getting worse and worse, so much that it felt like there was being knives being stuck into it. It was very, very painful. But like, you know, and, and I even had to stop at a gas station and put on sunglasses which I don't normally wear sunglasses. Mm-hmm. Um, and it still continued. And when, by the time I got to California, the lights from other cars were just, were, were excruciating pain. I'm like, this is really strange. Something's really wrong with my eye here. Mm-hmm. I went to the medical uh, pharmacy, tried to get a bunch of things to alleviate my nervous system. Got up the next day, it was worse. And at that point I said, oh, okay, I'm in trouble. Now, me being a little bit crazy. Uh, I said, I'm going to, I'm going to go up to Vancouver, which is a, about a 24 hour drive, 20, 20, 24 hours drive. And I went and I was literally holding on to my eye and I couldn't see it was like, it was, I, yeah, I for those listening I, right now, you're, you're kind of basically going sort of finger in the wind, guessing where you're going. And yes, it, it's, it's a, <laughs> probably not the safest elements by which to drive. No, but there's two people that I really trust when it comes to uh, my body. And I have a chiropractor in Vancouver that I call the wizard. Mm -hmm. And I have a a really good optometrist um, who I said, you know, I trust these people. I know they'll figure out the bottom. I figured there was just something wrong with my eye. Well, when I got to the optometrist, he said to me, he looked at my eye and he said, uh, well, I've got some 
bad news for you. And I said, well, what kind of bad news do you got? He says, it's, there's a 50% chance that you're going to lose your eye. Oy. And I was, I remember in that moment and I, and I, I practice radical acceptance. I'm like, okay, if I lose my eye, can I, can I still function my life? Yeah. I don't want that to happen, but I could, I can accept that. So I went immediately to acceptance. And then he said, you know, we're going to have to give you some medication and stuff like that. I said, okay, well, I need to fly to Japan in a few days. He's like, no, 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 no. You, you're, you're not going to Japan. Like you're, you're like, you're in trouble. I said, give me a few days. If I can come in on Saturday and you say that I'm not healed, I think it was a Tuesday or Wednesday. If I, if I, if I'm, if I'm healed sufficiently enough, will you let me go on the plane? He said, I'm not open Saturday. I said, well, would you come in for a few minutes just to take a look at my eye to give me the okay. And if it's not, I'll stop my flight. I was going to Okinawa. Mm-hmm. He's like, fine. It's not going to happen. So I go over to my chiropractor, who's, as I call him, the wizard. He's a, a, an advanced kinesiologist muscle tester. He can tell you stuff about your body that would literally freak you out. Yeah. And, and so I, I, he starts testing me. And I said, how did this happen? And he does all these tests. And he says, oh, were you using an electrical device? I said, yeah. <laughs> and, and he says, well, it appears that you were stimulating your gallbladder. I said, yeah, I was actually. He goes, well, and he does a bunch of tests. He goes, you had a parasite in your gallbladder. And when you put the electrical stimulation and the parasite went up the nervous system and started eating your eye. It was literally eating my eye, this type of parasitical, parasitical stuff. So under normal conditions, my body was able to manage this parasite that mm-hmm. who knows how long it had been in my body. Mm-hmm. But when it got stimulated, that area, it was threatening. So the device had triggered a healing crisis. The parasite got the hell out of there, found the weakest part of my body and started attacking it. And so we did a bunch of mitigations. I went to, um, I called up my uh, genetics and, and nutritional expert who does all my internal stuff, uh, Katrine Volinsky. And I said, Katrine, I like, okay, we need, we need to pull out all the stops here. Yeah. What, what, what do I need to do? Right. Like we like, and, and, I got this laundry list of anti-parasitical medications from a Chinese, went down to Chinatown and got these herbs. I started pounding all these things, uh, biohacking stuff to kind of bring down my nervous system and boost my immune system and wipe this stuff out. And was just drinking this god awful herbal stuff i can from, imagine it god yeah when you cook up chinese herbs it stinks to high heaven it you got to plug your nose it's horrible yeah. and it works mm-hmm. right i did this for a few days come in saturday and i go to the doctor the eye doctor and he goes wow you're 95 percent healed mm-hmm. i wouldn't recommend that you fly but you won't probably hurt yourself so i got on the plane went to okinawa but i went and picked up during this time i picked up a book called uh parasite Rex. Mm-hmm. And when I read this book, I frankly got terrified. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Number one, I had a terrifying experience. The, the prospect of losing one's eye to a parasite seems pretty radical, yeah. but it happens all the time throughout the world, all kinds of things. In mm-hmm. fact, the book talks about how parasites have killed millions and millions of humans throughout history and yeah. are quite common uh, um, uh, amongst particularly societies that don't have access to fresh, clean drinking water. Yeah. And Bali would fit inside of that. And a lot of times they wash vegetables or things like, you I mean, you've been there, you know, yeah, the, just like the, the I water. Mean, Indonesia in general is not a great place yeah. to get the water. Yeah. And one of my passions is to provide pre clean, healthy drinking water around the world. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very passionate about that. I've been involved in that for almost 15 years. 
And so I read this book and I started to realize that, holy cow, like parasites are a bigger issue than they want. They're these remarkable little individual, these little organisms Mm -hmm. that they'll actually hook into your nervous system. They'll take over brain functioning, for example, in rats so that they run out and get taken out by vultures. Then when they get consumed by the vulture or the bird of prey, they mutate into something else. Mm -hmm. And then they get involved in the intestines of that bird. Then they get crapped out into the water and another organism will drink the water and they'll go in that and mutate again to something else. And they can be very difficult to get rid of and they can cause a variety of conditions from mental illness to the loss of organs to to, to death and a a whole laundry list of of issues. And of course, I got fascinated with this topic and started to look at how do we wipe these things out if someone gets subjected to the situation that that I was in. So Mm -hmm. let's talk about some of the more common parasites that either you hear of, friends have had, because look, uh, as a person who's traveled the world or a lot of, a decent portion of the world, not a lot, um, I've had a couple. And I've got them in places that I didn't expect, like drinking water in Patagonia, for instance. Bad idea. Um, Now, some of these parasites that you've come across, what are some of the effects that you've seen uh, of them? And is the most common way of getting them drinking water? Or is it, you know, pork used to be an issue. Is pork still an issue? Um, yeah, I believe I, I believe so. One of the reasons that uh, cloves were originally used as part of the cooking process for pork products was to destroy the parasites. Mm-hmm. And so if you look at many of the traditional methods of cooking food mm-hmm. or the herbs that were developed throughout, you know, uh, various cultures is they were actually designed to, because they were shown to wipe out these uh, parasites that cause problems, interesting enough. Mm -hmm. So for example, I think one of the big water is one, but uh, I think there's a lot of uh, parasitical worms Mm -hmm. like uh, Anisakis and here's one for you, Pseudoterra Nova Mm -hmm. that infect marine creatures. So fish, shellfish, whale seals, they they can all make fishers, fish or squid particularly, because those are commonly occurrence and oftentimes aren't well cooked or eaten in a raw state, particularly with sushi type meals, often can create infections. So uh, I know my, um, my business partner, Matt, he has a, when, if you come down and visit him in Panama, he'll take you to this uh, restaurant and there's this sushi kind of dish which is like this it's got various types of fish in it it's got avocados it's got fish it's got these whole components and from all reports everybody just goes crazy for this particular fish product yeah however some of the side effects <laughs> side effects there have been you know it, it, you're you're prone to that so you want to be taking uh products that can help alleviate that. And, you know, anytime you travel, I think oregano oil Mm -hmm. and uh, grapefruit extract, I always put grapefruit extract around my drinks Mm -hmm. and take a little shot of that. I always take some oregano oil. If I start to feel off or anything, I just pound that stuff immediately to start wiping things out before they get take hold and start delivering their eggs into the system. Mm -hmm. So this is helpful because we have a lot of listeners who back in the times when you could actually travel, uh, do bounce quite over, uh, quite a, basically bounce around the world quite a bit. Uh, Now, 
when people think of parasites, a lot of people think of, of tapeworms and sort of the classic, like, what was the tapeworm experiment where you draw it out with sugar? Uh, but yeah. these things you mentioned can exist in fish and it's not necessarily something that we can see, right? Well, no. Well, the CDC estimates that in America, for example, at least 100 million people have parasites. That's about 25. Now, is that just of the purely because the American diet is quote unquote shit? Um, well, that's part of the issue, but mm-hmm. I think it's just a part of being human. Now, mm-hmm. some of these can compromise your life moderately mm-hmm. or almost insignificantly, and other ones could be excruciatingly problematic. Mm-hmm. So um, most of them are very sneaky and very small. We've all heard the stories and seen the pictures of the guy that passed the five foot tapeworm or whatever, yeah. but that, that doesn't, that doesn't necessarily mean that that's what's going to issue. Many of these things are microscopic in level and very hard to get rid of things like uh, hookworms and things like that. Yeah. Okay. So just looking at, um, let's take a look at just sort of, basic lifestyle measures that people can take in order to improve their chances of not getting a parasite. Because let's say, um, for instance, me, I don't want to give up traveling. Like one of my, if goals are actually a thing, one of my goals is to go and see the rest of the world. What are some basic measures that you take in your life and you recommend other people taking in order to just sort of avoid the likelihood of parasites? Great question. Number one, be very conscientious about the consumption of water products. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's number one, because water is the most common carrier of uh, parasitical organisms. Mm-hmm. Number two, always travel with grapefruit, street extract, oregano oil. And if you're in above middle of age of 30s, I would add HCL behind every meal because hydrochloric acid was one of the ways that we wipe out pathogens. And most people by the, by their mid thirties, uh, are have none. Um, yeah, or certainly limited. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, is there's a couple of things that you can do to assess yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you get hit by something or, or what could be indic- indicative, this can happen at home, but, or but particularly when you travel or when you're at say raw food, buffets or things like that things where there might be a potential contamination mm-hmm. um did you start getting excessively fatigued or with muscle aches yeah does your bowel movements change suddenly intermittent diarrhea or constipation usually a good indication that something's disrupted the system mm-hmm. um unexplained weight loss like you might lose a lot of weight or get a, a, a fever for a period of time mm-hmm. your belly might get distended yeah so um, distended meaning protruding is that right? Yeah. Like yeah. all of a sudden you wake up and you're like, what's going on? Yeah. I haven't gained a bunch of weight, but my belly seems swollen. Mm-hmm. Um, another interest, interesting indication is if you're a teeth grinder, if you grind your teeth at night, so if your partner says, hey, you keep grinding your teeth, you probably should do some testing mm-hmm. around parasites. Mm-hmm. Dark circles under your eyes or a lot of acne. Yeah. Oftentimes people that have worrying about acne. So these are a checklist to, to, to check yeah. people who have insomnia and disturbed sleep. Oftentimes that's because of parasites affecting the sleep cycles. Mm-hmm. Um, if you travel a lot outside of United States and, and the European union, yeah, you probably, um, if you eat unpeeled raw food and vegetables, I eat a lot of raw food and vegetables, yeah. particularly when I travel. It's one of the things I actually like. I like yeah. all these wonderful fruits and things like that. Um, the other interesting thing is pets. 
Okay. If they pets sleep with you, so contact with pets. A lot of people love their pets. A lot of them um, may have parasites that could cause problems for you, mm-hmm. right? So that's the first thing. Um, so for, suffice to say, you don't have a dog in the bio home, or do you? I don't have a dog in the bio <laughs> home yet. Okay. <laughs> so these are things that you know inadvertently that you know are very we need to be mindful of. Mm-hmm. Again. When you're eating outside of your normal range, make sure you have those items. And if you have any of these symptoms, first thing I do is pound the oregano oil. I think it's a it's a cheap, ineffective, or effective and portable solution mm-hmm. that has really helped me in a lot of places. And so uh, those are the those are the first starts. The second thing, if you have any of those conditions, go to a naturopathic uh, doctor that can issue some tests and mm-hmm. and do some samples to find out if if indeed that you. Uh, have a parasitical infection. Uh, what kind of tests do you do? Because like the ones that I'm sort of familiar with are along the lines of like three-day stool tests and that kind yeah. of stuff. Is that similar to what you're looking at? Exactly. That's that's pretty much the, uh, you know, kind of the gold standard for testing for parasitical uh, infection. So there's a variety of different tests. I, I won't go into all the names of them, but your naturopathic doctor will, will have one or two that they prefer and like and can grab that information from i know for for me i use a variety of tests uh, with our testing team yeah ab- absolutely so um we talked about foods to avoid we've talked about warning signs now one thing that you mentioned was weight loss is weight gain often attributable to parasites or is it something that uh not it can be okay. it can be but but it's not typically the 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 weight gain that most people are associated which is like just you know, excessive body fat yeah. put on. Yeah. Um, it's it's usually a distension mm-hmm. uh, of the abdominal area mm-hmm. or an overall inflammation that kind of defies, that doesn't necessarily get divine. One, one of the interesting things that I like with, I, I do, um, I go to um, body spec testing, which is, you know, they use the machines here in Los Angeles mm-hmm. To, to kind of test your body and not only does it test your muscle mass and body fat mass but it also tests your intracellular water water levels yeah. as well as your mineral density mm-hmm. now if you if you're doing regular testing on these dexa type dexa scan types things yeah. you can monitor if there's big fluctuations yeah either excessive increases or excessive decreases of the water weight. Mm -hmm. Usually that's suggestive of an inflammatory condition. Now, okay, maybe you went to the gym and killed it one day, or maybe you didn't get enough sleep and you can have those variances. But if you start seeing a a significant trend over time, well, then guess what? Something's going on and and you would probably want to do more investigation. The other thing is too, um, anxiety and depression are a big one sometimes or excessive cravings so if you start getting excessive cravings suddenly for things that you're not normal that, that oftentimes it has something to do with uh parasitical infection mm-hmm. one of the things that i found fascinating when you and i were chatting about this offline was the idea of because you run a, a parasite cleanse almost quarterly as i understand it is that just because you travel so much or is that because you know you're that aware of the presence of parasites, even in places like Los Angeles. 
Yeah, well, I'm, I'm probably a little bit more freaked out since I almost lost. Yeah, my I, guess, eye. I guess so, right? <laughs> like, you have a natural predisposition so to this. So, so, so I, 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 it wasn't something I did uh, frequently. I, you know, I always did cleansing because I was uh, very aware of it. But I do have a very high raw food diet, mm-hmm. um, so I get a lot. You know, every day I'm eating, you know, fruits and vegetables. Um, from organic sources, rural farms. I don't know what the conditions are. They may not have been subjected to, you know, really any, you know, antibacterial programs or anti-parasitical programs. There's a lot of different things that I could potentially get that. I don't cook a lot of my food, interesting enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so that opens me on the raw food side. Um, people who eat a lot of raw food, like sushi and stuff, um, they're also potentially susceptible mm-hmm. with, with with people you need to pay attention to. And also, if you eat a lot of fast food, I don't eat a lot of fast food or anything like that. But the, a lot of those areas, uh, you know, where they're cooking and stuff, when they have these kind of edges and various things with that that gunky fat that gets I mean, put down, they, they can be breeding grounds for parasites. Yeah, people listening to this show shouldn't be eating fast food anyway, but, uh, <laughs> you know, hopefully hopefully that's not the case. Let's talk about some of these uh, these cleansing modalities because you went through a very intense experience when you were in Vancouver and that was almost like, you know, uh, situation five or whatever you want to call it, right? And you're just kind of doing everything possible. Uh, mm-hmm. You mentioned a couple of more uh, things that people can use when they're traveling, like oregano oil, like grapefruit extract. I'm curious, one of the ones that has come up frequently for me when researching this field is berberine. Do you have a feeling, what what is sort of your um, thoughts around berberine, if you're willing to share? All right. So this episode, we're talking a lot about the herbal parasite cleanse from bioptimizers and parasites in general. And the herbal parasite cleanse, much like Wade, is something that I run once a quarter. Why? Because back when traveling was a thing, I could travel all over the planet and potentially get a parasite. But also I think it's just a good maintenance practice. Another product that I love and use daily from bioptimizers is magnesium breakthrough. Why do I use it daily and why am I so excited about something so simple as magnesium? Well, most magnesium supplements fail because they are synthetic and not full spectrum. When you actually get all seven critical forms of magnesium, and we go into what those are later in the episode, pretty much every single function in your body gets upgraded. That includes your brain, sleep, less anxiety, pain, inflammation, and less stress, of course. So Bioptimizers put together a little deal for you guys. If you head on over to bioptimizers.com slash boomer and use the code boomer, you'll be able to get a nice discount on any Bioptimizers product. But again, let me just take a look at my supplement cabinet right now to show you what I use on a daily basis. The herbal parasite cleanse I mentioned, I rotate once a quarter. Okay, so that's not quite daily. But I use Mazzymes daily. I use HCL Breakthrough pretty much daily. I use magnesium breakthrough daily and I enjoy trying all their products from gluten guardian, which, you know, is kind of like the cover for when you go out and are unprotected to things like consta cleanse, which kind of couples very well with herbal parasite cleanse. So again, head on over to bioptimizers.com slash boomer and use the code boomer for a discount. Let's get back to the show. 
Yeah, no, I think uh, there, there's, there's, it's, it's great. Um, there's a variety of different things that have been used. Berberine uh, is a great one. Like, for example, I would go through, I'll, I'll just go through a list of herbs. Please that have been, do. Uh, anti, anti, um, have been shown to be effective against various types of parasites. Mm-hmm. And I won't go into which ones are good with ones, but black walnut, uh, clove, garlic root, grapefruit seed extract we talked about, mm-hmm. rhubarb root, wormwood, pumpkin seed, turmeric, golden seal, um, burberry, uh, root usually from the root bark, slippery elm, fennel seed. Uh, all of those things have been used historically uh, to rid, your, rid, rid the body of parasites. So I think those are, any of those are, are good to be taken. And you don't have to take them all the time, but mm-hmm. I think periodically, like I do, like every 90 days, I'll take a, a I, I do, I do a lot of fasting mm-hmm. uh, and I'll do some fast and I'll add a bunch of herbs, you know, and, you know, I'll usually try some crazy concoction that I heard about to see if that works. Of course, works. we're all experimenting. Sometimes right? they're horrific. They're horrific they, experiences. They usually Sometimes they're don't pretty taste good. so good. No, no. So no. for you, uh, like, if you don't mind just walking, because I want to talk about the the herbal parasite cleanse, of course, but for you, what is your sort of, uh, your quarterly cleanse procedure? Is it involving a three, five-day fast, or is it more yeah. intermittent fasting with these herbs? How do you do it? Yeah, great question. So um, up until um, this year, so I'm going to give you some updates. So up until this year, I went, uh, I worked myself up from a one day to a three day to a five day until eventually 10 day cleanses. And I would engage in those two twice a year. And then we were water fast where I would engage in um, herbal laxatives and detox agents and so forth. As I got better and better i found i didn't quite need the 10 days i found it was too invasive into my life Mm -hmm. and those typically now are three days every quarter Mm -hmm. and in those three days i only consume water and i consume a massive amounts of hydrochloric acid Mm -hmm. massive amounts of uh, additional levels of turmeric and i take my herbal parasite cleanse and when I mean massive amounts of HCL, I'll take 20 caps of HCL that day. Wow. Okay. So just to give people perspective, like, yeah. uh, you know, what's the typical person take in terms of HCL post meal? Maybe a couple of caps. One, one maybe two caps yeah. after a meal, depending on how big it was, you know? Wow. Um, just yeah. on the hydrochloric acid front, I, I think it's important to touch on why people are deficient on that. Is it, is it so much just coffee first thing in the morning or what causes people to be deficient? Of- this some indication. I think the first cause is actually dehydration. Interesting. Frank. I, yeah. We require water to make hydrochloric acid yeah. and there's not like a big bowl of hydrochloric acid sitting in our body. <laughs> it comes in about uh, 30 to 60 minutes after we begin a meal yep. and it serves, it do, donates ions to kill bugs, mm-hmm. uh, parasites included, and it also changes the pH to activate and deactivate various enzymes. And so hydrochloric acid, so I, I had no idea, of, I, I knew about the effic- efficacy of hydrochloric acid, mm-hmm. but when Katrine said to me, she goes, well, you, you need to take like 20 tablets of this a day. I'm like, 20 tablets a day. What are you talking about? I'm Mr. Digestion. Yeah, like, exactly. you know, she's like, yeah, well, well, she's like, you're, you're getting old weight. <laughs> you're hydrochloric acid. So age is a, is a factor. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, when, as one thing, dehydration is another one. Um, and then 
the type of diet that you follow. So some people say, well, some people, coffee is going to be advantageous for them. And some people, it's, it's going to be absolutely not a good idea for them to take. Mm-hmm. So I don't like to use blanket statements about com- commonly used products because um, everything's on a bell yeah. curve of distribution. And we're all individual. So it's, yeah, yeah. I get yeah. that. Um, okay. So let's kind of go into, uh, so your, 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 your parasite cleanse protocol three days, right? Um, yes. is that, so three days every quarter or do you sometimes run it for longer? Yeah. Three days every quarter. Although now what I've been doing, because I've been doing alternate day fasting yeah. and in the alternate fasting program that I, I eat for 12 hours and then I fast for 36 and then I do that, uh, three times a week. And I'll do that for a period of a month mm-hmm. and then I'll take a little break and then I'll do it for another. I'm doing, I'm doing a bunch of different experiments for a new diet book that uh, Matt and I are working I, on. So I'm, I'm doing very, some really crazy stuff. Yeah. I'm just, <laughs> that sounds like a fascinating protocol. I'm curious going back to the socially invasive part of things. Like, is it socially invasive for you to do that or no? No, that one's really easy okay. actually. I mean, uh, you know, I, I, it's actually probably the easiest uh, dietary program I found. Although done for an extensive period of time. Like I did the first time I did the first time I did that for 13 weeks, it was a little too long. Mm-hmm. And I had some metabolic slowdown, I kind of went pushed it past. So I had to bring myself back. And then now I'm doing it in, in, in two week chunks. Mm-hmm. And um, what I do is one of those days, one of those 36 hour periods, I'll take uh, servings of uh, a combination of, of, of herbs, like my parasite cleanse. I'll mm-hmm. take that like three times that day. Mm-hmm. And then another day I'll, I'll do one where it's uh, a, something to, it's a, it's a constant, but it's called constant cleanse where I just, it's a herbal yeah. laxative that I'll just try and clean the system out. And other days I won't do anything like that. I'll, I might take a hundred enzymes mm-hmm. on that other day. So I'll just run an experiment and see how I feel. I'll also experiment with, you know, something in the blind on one of those on the, one of those days like maybe a, a various nootropic combination that we're working on yeah you know we're, we all love nootropics and i'll try this one on a food day versus on a fast day and see the differences of effects and they're quite measured mm-hmm. so one of the reasons if you're doing detoxification and w- whether it's a one day a three day a five day ten day whatever it happens to be the v- advantage of using herbs on a fast and a cleanse. The principle behind that is, is you're devoting a lot of energetic resources that would normally be allocated for digestion to go in and change the internal environment. Now, parasites in particular require certain environments. In fact, they'll hook your nervous system and create cravings and stuff so that they get the food and nutrients they need to survive. Yeah. If you create an environment for them where they can't survive, they'll leave. Yeah. They just exit the body. And so by fasting for small and regular periods where you're changing the internal environment significantly, this makes it very difficult for your body to host them. It makes it uncomfortable and they'd like to go somewhere else. And that's what they tend to do. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the herbal parasite cleanse because we've teased people enough with it and I have it right here. And part of the reason why I'm priming this conversation is because I'm going to go and do one right after this. But, uh, some of the, you mentioned a lot of the ingredients already, but let's yep. talk about the combination of these because there's quite a number of ingredients in here. They're all independently studied, I know, for the effect of parasites. But how did you guys arrive at the combination of the various ingredients? 
Yeah, great question. So basically, we created a laundry list of um, the various types of herbs who have been used historically to kind of take out various types of common parasites. Yeah. And then we said, okay. And when and I did, <laughs> frankly, it, it came independently because when I had to go search this stuff out in Chinatown and get all these herbs thrown together and yeah. cook them up myself, it was very time consuming and sucked. Because mm -hmm. um, I was like, okay, get this one, get this one. Because I, I wasn't really sure what was going to work or if it was going to work. And so afterwards, we started working on it and saying, hey, let's put all these things and get the extracts. Um, in fact, we in Canada, uh, we just got we're actually going to be able to make a health claim on that particular product, which Canada is a very highly regulatory wow. environment that uh, about dealing with uh, uh, particularly with tapeworms, mm -hmm. um, its effectiveness. And that's largely in part because of the black walnut in it. Black walnut is probably one of the most common anti-tapeworms. Tapeworms yeah. are, and ringworms, uh, ringworms in particular are very common in North America that mm -hmm. people will have and suffer all sorts of digestive systems. So we put that in there as the primary ingredient, black walnut uh, extract. And what that allows is that you get a higher potency and there's specific ratios that are required in order to get a maximum effect efficacy. Otherwise, you have a giant pot <laughs> of these stinking herbs. Yeah. And so how do you get, how do you get, the, how do you get the most in, in a convenient way? Because it's very inconvenient to do these mm -hmm. things. Um, so we put that in for the ringworm particularly. Go ahead. Then we added clove, very common. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people can take some of these and, and add some of these herbs. Some people really like clove. Some people are very adverse to clove. Yeah. It's very interesting. So adding these things in, interesting enough, my mother used to put a lot of these different things in her pickling. Mm -hmm. So they would create pickles. And she still does it to this day. She makes her pickles every year mm. and she puts all these things. And I just thought they were herbs, but turns out a lot of these have medicinal properties. Exactly. That, you know, it was just common in the, in the area that I lived in. So clove is a big one. Um, garlic. Now, I will say something about garlic. I'm one of these people that do not metabolize garlic at all. Mm -hmm. What is that? How did, how just, did you identify that first off? Uh, well, it's just the way my... Um, genetics works is that I don't methylate garlic and onions very well. And it became, um, exact, it, it became exaggerated significantly when I started doing neurofeedback. Interesting mm -hmm. enough. Now in Indian culture, if you look at Ayurvedic medicine, they avoid garlic and onions in meditative process. And then when I was actually doing brains, uh, neurofeedback, I could take garlic or onions and I would instantly see shifts in my meditative states. Mm -hmm. Suppress that. Now, some people don't have that, but I'm one of those people that does. And it turns out it's just the way that I don't methylate it very well. So if I eat a piece of garlic, it literally comes out of my skin. I stink like garlic, like almost instantly because my body's trying to get rid of it. It doesn't methylate it very mm -hmm. well. But the reality is, is they're very good at killing amoebas. Yeah. And so I can tolerate a little bit of garlic and, and like as a, as a hint of a spice, but not like the overly garlic stuff. Mm -hmm. like, so uh, we put some garlic in there because it's been known for thousands of years for a lot of people. And it doesn't, you don't really notice it if you take it in a capsule. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned garlic because we've had Andrew Hill on the show before. And I think he mentioned something about that. If I go back to that episode about 
it impacting brainwaves and the reason why they don't ask people to take it before doing a QEG, for instance. Um, I'm not yeah, sure. It's, it's significant. It's significant. It really suppresses um, alpha mm-hmm. um, particularly as one of the ones and, and different types of gamma as well can be impacted by the use of garlic and onions. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's talk about how to take this because obviously on the label you mentioned overnight, is that predominantly due to us being fasted overnight or uh, like, let's say I'm a morning faster just because it helps me focus. Can I take it in the morning then? Um, Yeah. So there's also, I want to have a, put another caveat too. mm -hmm. I think most of the biohackers are going to know this, notice this. When you uh, create serving sizes for labeling requirements, you have to put certain things within parameters. And that's why we encourage people to reach out to us. There is what I call a minimum dosage, Mm -hmm. a maximum dosage, and an optimal dosage. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I believe most people do better on, particularly in a cleansing because of the variance within individual genetics, is to start with a small dose and start scaling up until you frankly have some sort of negative side effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a t- <laughs> titration then, then process, you, right? And then, and then you titrate down to your optimal level. Yeah. So that you can do that with newts, you can do that with vitamins, mm-hmm. you can do that with herbs. So I like to kind of, to kind of scale up uh, with that. So if you're a morning faster, you're going to have a particular type of genetic uh, capability and hormone cock profile where you would probably do better taking the herbs first thing in the morning, mm-hmm. big glass of water or whatever, and, and go about your day. Mm-hmm. If you're someone that doesn't tolerate that, you're probably going to do better if you take it at night mm-hmm. where you're going to fast because you got to get up in the morning and have your breakfast before you kind of get cognizant. Interesting enough, it's been shown that females as a general group do better fasting later in the day and eating in the morning and males tend to do better fasting in the morning and eating later in the day. And that's just the hormone variances. Interesting. Okay. So, so I can totally take this in the morning. And if I'm running my, my fasting protocol is that like for a person who's not going to do a three day fast, for instance, is there a particular duration that you recommend in terms of these parasite cleanses? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would, a minimum of three days, but preferably two weeks. Okay. If you're not fasting, do it for, for 14 days. I don't think there's a benefit from taking it more than 14 days at a time. Okay. Uh, you have to realize with herbs, there is an acclimatization process. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you want to go on them and then go off them just like you would do on, on, on various types of nootropics or various types of medical Uh, drugs or things like that. Herbs are very, very powerful and they should only be used in very tight windows. So for most people, um, if they're doing it as a kind of a side thing and just an adjunct, I would take one capsule, maybe three times a day. Mm -hmm. If they want to go crazy, you could do up to you know, a dozen capsules a day over a condensed period of time. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So you know, I know there's going to be some biohackers that say I want I want to go all in and Uh, of course, of course, right? We all love to follow Sasha Shulgin's <laughs> guidance. Um, so, uh, okay. So we've talked a little bit about uh, just the titration process and how to run this yourself. How do people know it's working in the sense that um, you had a parasite in your eye and obviously at some point you probably got tested, I'm guessing, to see that was removed. Obviously you felt better, but how do people know this is working without going and spending 400 pounds yep. or $400 on a test? 
Yeah. First, for, you know, the interesting thing is, is usually the first couple of days that you start doing it, you feel a little off. Yeah. That, that's, <laughs> so, we, so that's, we could talk about Herxheim reactions, right? And because, yeah, because I, I, I've, when I've done this before, there's a couple of days, like the reason why I don't take it at night is because like it does wake me up because it's, it's clearly very potent, right? Well, that's just it. So usually you may experience uh, a few symptoms, a general sense of nausea. Mm -hmm. um, that's the most common element. The other thing is a disrupted sleep pattern. Mm -hmm. The other thing, uh, pretty common changes in your stool patterns. In other words, you either go to the bathroom a lot or you get kind of constipated for a couple of days. Mm -hmm. Those are usually good indicators. Sometimes you'll get, you'll notice that your breath will change a lot. Sometimes if people will get really bad breath, mm -hmm. um, there may also, depending, some people will get a discharge in their eyes for a few days. You know, I've heard that, but right? the guy was using combo and he had like the parasite actually came out of his eye. That's crazy. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Exactly. You, you can see there's some very strange things. Um, headaches mm -hmm. um, can be quite common. Um, excessive sweating mm -hmm. can happen. Like just all of a sudden you just start sweating or find suddenly I've got to go to the bathroom really quick. Like one of those kind of moments. Yeah. Like, oh, Jesus, you know, I got to get over there. And so, like, you know, you have a big release or something like that. Um, those are usually common elements that will happen usually three days mm -hmm. they they subside it, it, not, for whatever reasons it's 72 hours seems to be the time it takes your body to kind of regulate those kind of variances yeah um and that's why some people when they do a cleanse that's why i, I try to do three days three mm -hmm. days is usually enough time for my body to regulate but i'm i'm pretty fast you're i respond you're very quickly in this too Right. So, yeah, mm -hmm. where someone who's a little bit slower or hasn't gone that, they might have to go for an extended period of time. And that's why I said go start gentle at first, um, depending on where you are in the situation. And then, usually, what will happen is we talked about some of the symptoms that you might have, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that, that you've noticed. All of a sudden, you know, seven to 10 days after, you know that the distension in your stomach has gone down. You notice that you don't have the headaches, your sleep's better, or, you know, some of the conditions that you, that the grinding of the teeth may subside or be eliminated completely. Mm -hmm. There's all these different things that are usually in, indications that, oh, there was a result. And I would say this, I'm a big um, journaler and I'm an old school guy. So I learned to journal with my bodybuilding coach back in the day got it right here and yeah and i'll notice patterns of behavior number one how do i did i wake up in the morning feeling refreshed and energized do i feel tired and sluggish so that's the number one i can tell where i was the last day mm -hmm. um second thing is do i have a, a lot of food cravings cravings for sugar or not for me if something's off I want sugar and I want lots of it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You know, it's like, I know that I'm screwed up because I'm like, I want sugar and I'm going, okay, Wade, you're off track. Mm -hmm. um, usually that's about three kombuchas later. <laughs> <laughs> that, <laughs> but, that's safer than on. most people would do it. <laughs> right. But you know what I mean? Like, I know that if I'm sitting there and I like, I'm on my third kombucha and I want another one, I'm like, okay, Wade, you probably want to, hit some cleansing, there might be some disruption in your digestive yeah. system. So, Very cool. So uh, on the parasite side of things, what are the sort of the top resources that people should go to if they want to hear more about this? 
Yeah, Parasite Rex, I think, is a great book. It's frightening. It's you, terrifying. I, I, we talked about it. It's a terrifying book. But I think it gives you a, a good indication out there. I would also look at, um, there's a lot of information, particularly in Ayurvedic mm-hmm. and Chinese medicine um, sites that will talk about uh, various herbs and their impact and historical components. Mm-hmm. I'm a big believer in actually getting the real herbs, like get some real grapes, so you get some real, like get some of these things that you can go at your local health food store mm-hmm. or your natural health grocery and go and, and, and bite into it, take it and bite into the seed, see how it feels in your body. Does, does Is it stimulating? Is it feel really weird? Is it these type of things? I think, you know, we're such a voyeuristic society now. Mm-hmm. And if there's one thing I can encourage, and I think you would agree with this, is being a biohacker is about participating in the world and running experiments. Yep. Run your own experiments. Go take some of these herbs and see what else. Go to the Chinese market. Get a bunch of herbs, cook it up in a pot and drink it and, you know, gross yourself out. Yeah. I mean, that sounds crazy, but I think it's not going to kill you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, and, and just get into the process of experimenting. Matt, my business partner is the greatest experimenter. I know the, he runs more experiments than anybody I've ever met mm-hmm. in my entire life. And he's always influenced me in that way to help me um, particularly uh, in that area. I have to chat with Matt because uh, I may try to give him a run for his money on experiments and trying new things all the time. I, I think you two are two peas in the pot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I told you earlier, I want to transition a little bit into magnesium because um, you guys have solved a problem that I've had for a very long time. But before I get into that resolution, why is magnesium important to people? Again, unintended consequences of technological innovation, particularly around our our, our monoculture farming mm-hmm. and the depletion of magnesium out of our soil, and therefore it's devoid in our food products. Um, most, even general practitioners, understand that the average about eighty percent of the population is is deficient in the RDA levels of magnesium. And RDA, the for other thing, clarification for people is the level where yeah, people are not likely to get sick or die, right? <laughs> Exactly. It's not thriving. And on on top of that, uh, magnesium and calcium operate in, a, in about a two to one ratio, magnesium being the control element. So if you don't have enough magnesium, your body will start dumping calcium and of course osteoporosis and and we uh, can be an issue. And we have diets that are very, very high in calcium per se yep. and very, very low in magnesium. So exaggerate the problem. And then the third thing is the use of and you're wearing your blue light blockers, which is great. Blue light stimulation, mm-hmm. as well as uh, electromagnetic uh, frequencies, increase the burn rate of magnesium. Mm-hmm. So we've had this ginormously escalating electromagnetic frequencies uh, exposure mm-hmm. from our grandparents, and a ginormous decrease in the amount of magnesium we have in the body. So. Um, one of the number one issues dealing with uh, particularly Americans or people in the modern world is sleep deprivation. People can't sleep. They have insomnia. Mm-hmm. Much of that has to do with the, the calming effects of magnesium. Um, muscle cramping, mm-hmm. if you're susceptible to that, headaches, um, inability to relax, anxiety, all of these things are traced to uh, magnesium. It's a, a formation aspect of neurotransmitters. People who are on anxi- anxiety medications or depression mechanisms burn a high rate 
of magnesium because the way those drugs are de developed. And so by adding magnesium into their diet, um, there's an extraordinary amount of benefits. And we've actually cracked the code on, we, we do we do up regulation. This all goes by orthomolecular nutrition. You start out small and you increase up till you get tolerance in the body. And then you, you stay at that highest level that you can tolerate for a period of time. And then you titrate down. So then you only need a little bit. I call it the bucket theory of nutrition. I did a video on it on our, in our site. Mm -hmm. You can look good. We'll link to it in that, the show notes. Yeah. yeah. And that, that allows people to kind of get this concept, which was founded by the founders of orthomolecular nutrition. How do you use nutrition to create uh, physiological benefits in the body or the elimination of various uh, conditions? Mm -hmm. And that's what we do. And so we kind of figured that out and it works. Uh, the testimonials we got were kind of shocking. Like I read about it. I, I did a, a lecture. I attended a lecture with Dr. Charles Poliquin, and he said it was one of the secrets that he used with his Olympic athletes. Yeah. Keep, and he, he trained gold medals in 27 different sports. Yeah. He told me about the different types of magnesiums and which ones work for this and which ones work for that. And he, he used tons of magnesiums because I was a similar sort of follower of Poliquin and I would carry around bottles and bottles of this stuff. Yeah. He was a, a super genius. I mean, yeah. I mean, that guy was an extraordinary individual. We lost him a couple of years ago, mm -hmm. which was devastating, I think, to the industry. Mm -hmm. um, I, I thought he was one of the most lunchful figures Absolutely. in the biohacking community and high performance sports. Mm -hmm. and yeah, he turned me on to the whole magnesium thing when I went through a burnout session for all those reasons too much coffee, too much stimulation, too much work, too much EMF uh, when I was living in Panama for a period of time. Magnesium pulled me out of it mm -hmm. and uh, it's pulling a lot of other people out of, uh, you know, severe levels of anxiety or overstimulation. And it's, it, uh, it's been shocking the testimonials around it. I'm like, wow, I didn't, I didn't know that I didn't know how bad it was. Yeah. So one of the things that I like about magnesium breakthrough and the shamelessly, like I use this stuff and pay for it myself because it's that good is that you guys combined how many different varieties of magnesium? Seven different types of magnesium. And so I was that dude who was hauling around different types of magnesium in his bag, right? And so you have your malate, your citrate, you have, um, of course, your L3 and 8, whatever it is, right? And you're carrying around your bag. And obviously, if you're traveling around the world in a carry-on, that takes up a lot of space. And you manage to put it all in one bottle. And so, and, and you get high doses, which holy shit, like that's... That's awesome. Let's talk about just sort of the specifics of the ingredients that you, you see. So you have seven in there, and then what kind of dosing are we talking about in a serving? Yeah, great stuff. So um, we have uh, magnesium chelate, yep. magnesium citrate, or citrate, some people like to call it, magnesium bisglycinate, mm -hmm. um, magnesium malate, uh, we have uh, thronate, and we have taurate. Uh, as well as orotate inside that. And, and we're actually, we're moved into aspartate recently and I can't tell, I can't tell people. I'm going to give a little, you can I'm going to give a little please, hint. I'm going to give a little please hint. Please give a little hint. Yeah, yep. We've got a new development coming very soon uh -oh. about another improvement that we've been able to get in the formula. So we have a team of PhDs, nutritionists, and chemists mm -hmm. that work for the company. Yep. And we, we did, we literally took all these different types and kinds and bottles and keep going the formula. And it was very hard because oh, a lot of people don't understand when it says aspartate or chelate or citrate, we go, what does that mean? Well, it's actually the bonding agent that comes to the magnesium, yep. which is going to determine which part of the body it gets absorbed yep. by. 
Okay. And that's why there's variance types for different types of conditions. The problem is when you try to put that in a capsule, it doesn't flow through the machines properly. Yeah. So the nobody did it because of the, there was the machine flow rate. Then they put them in a capsule. It doesn't, it doesn't go together very well. So a lot of people want to use chemical agents to create excipients to create the flow rate. We won't do that. Yeah. We had to get special capsules. We had to get special machines. Mm -hmm. We had to, it was a, a whole big laundry list. And so we, we're still running tests. Mm -hmm. we, we still continually look, can we improve this? Can we improve this? Can we improve this? Can we improve this? And so that formula is going to be even upgraded again very, very soon, but it's a, an ex, a very effective uh, formulation. But we've, we've made a breakthrough recently. And a, a break, magnesium breakthrough we, squared. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Because our policy is we're, we, we always want to be best in class. We always want to be first in class. And we, there's always things that we don't know and that are new developments. Mm -hmm. So for example, many of our products are on second and third generation mm -hmm. uh, products because we come to conclusions that we can make a, we can make it better. And we're always thinking that way. We don't, we don't think that we have the de facto uh, truth on anything, but we're, we're continuing to work on it. And that's the biohacking way. Amazing. And it's two capsules for 500 milligrams, right? And so that's right for somebody like me who takes a substantial amount of magnesium every day, that makes life a hell of a lot easier than getting these hundred meg craps, but used to exist. Yeah. Right. So that's awesome. Yeah. What's your, what's your dosage that you take um, per day? About a gram usually. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's great. I'm, I, I do, I do, I do one and a half, but I'm one of the owners of the company. So I, I, I think yeah, you have a bigger source than I do. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I, and to, to get, for people to learn this when I was going through the experimental phase with the, with the giant uh, amount of bottles on my cupboard mm -hmm. uh, and we were documenting all this stuff, I went up to dosages uh, around five grams, grams per day. Holy shit. Day. Did you? Yeah. So and divided dosage, not at once. I take it like I take, I would take um, 500 to 750 milligrams, yeah. three to five dosages a, a day yeah three, three five and for people listening to this that think we're that Wade and i are both just crazy the upper end of magnesium my understanding at least is the worst that can happen is loose stool um correct yeah so that's kind of the the warrant not the warning sign but the sign that you know you push to your limit and then like we've talked about multiple times on the show we back it up from there do i have that right yep exactly yep exactly very cool Wade, what is next for bioptimizers? Well, um, good news. We're just putting the, te the, the finishing touches. I, we're looking at the uh, cover yesterday of our blueprint for biological optimization. We have created a new updated edition mm -hmm. that kind of uh, allocates the philosophy that we use in order to do biological optimization of bioptimizers, um, as well as some markers and things that people can look for mm -hmm. particularly if they want to kind of have an overarching philosophy so it's an we we started with the 12-week double your energy awesome health course which is the overarching philosophy on health mm -hmm. people we give that away regularly then we went okay now we want to go to the people like you know our our crowd <laughs> i yeah. like to call us us the weirdos that run experiments here is the kind of blueprint of what we've learned over the last 17 years that Matt and I have been working on this in a very sum summation form that people can start their experimenting process from there. Mm -hmm. 
And then, um, and then beyond that, we're working on another book for next for, for the following year that we're, we're doing a radical, uh, series of experiments. Cause Matt, of course, is a keto guy and I'm a vegetarian. So you can imagine the, you can imagine the conversations that happen there and, and a great number of our people are paleo. Yeah. So we're actually experimenting with the different diets is to find uh, universal conceptual ideas that we can all agree on. That's, um, that's extremely useful, especially in the dogmatic world that is diets. And I love the fact that you guys kind of coexist and are still friends and not shouting at each other that you should be this or that. And it's great. Well, that, you know, that's the tradition uh, in history. And for some reason, that's devolved in kind of this tribalistic digital world where everybody wants to defer to the tribal leader mm-hmm. and attack other tribes. Um I think it's really important that we can respectfully exchange ideas and without attacking the person behind them, as opposed to saying, hey, someone says, hey, like Matt introduced concepts out of the ketogenic world that really helped me as a vegetarian. I had a problem metabolizing fats Mm -hmm. And, and it turned out it was a lipase deficiency and it was a particular couple of lipases that I didn't have. I had some, but I didn't have others. And he solved that problem for me in that. Conversely, um, I've helped him in other areas of his ketogenic diet because of what I've been developed in in the plant-based world. Mm -hmm. And so we can learn from people with opposing ideas and different genetics and stuff like that. But in order to do so, we can't attack the person. Yeah, We can challenge the the, the principle so that we refine our or, own arguments and expand our awareness of things that we don't know. And that's how humanity moves forward. And for some reason, people are so threatened if somebody doesn't like their idea or their biohack doesn't work for that person. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like, okay, it doesn't work for you. We'll abandon it and move on to the next one. Well said, well said. Wade, where can people find out more about you, bioptimizers and everything that you're doing? Yeah, thanks for asking. So um, you can find out, you know, pretty much anything at our at our website, bioptimizers.com. I think we have a, a 10% special for anybody if they join us, um, particularly on this site. If you go to, let me get, pull up the link here. Yes, it is bioptimizers.com slash boomer. Add boomer 10. You get any of uh, our products at a 10% discount. By the way, I know you've got a lot of experimenters on your site. Mm-hmm. And I always want to say that our company policy is if you try any of our products and do not like them for any reason, we refund all your money. And I would encourage them to reach out to our customer support team if they want to get some of the more advanced hacks for, for stimulate, you know, to going beyond what the label suggests. I would invite them to reach out and run the experiments and then give us the feedback. And it's a risk-free experiment. Beautiful. Wade, thank you so much for the education today. This is uh, this is a decoding superhuman first on parasites, and it's a lot of fun. Thank you. Yeah, Boomer, it's always a pleasure, and uh, I look forward to when you can uh, come here and hang out at the Biohelm, and we can we can shoot here, right here, live here, and hang out and have and work out on the gym and have a great time. We're gonna have a great time together the moment the borders open again. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. You bet. Take care. All right, how many of you guys want to read? Parasite Rex. I'll link to it in the show notes, but it's also available on places like Scribed, etc. And it's a book that's well worth reading just to get some perspective on parasites and what they could potentially do to you. I've had friends that have had experiences where parasites have induced fatigue, constipation, 
diarrhea. Wade obviously shared a story about a parasite almost eating his eye. And I've personally had parasites that has resulted in just significant issues with digestion. The show notes for this one are decodingsuperhuman.com slash Wade2. It includes all the resources that we got into about parasites. And if you want to check out Bioptimizers, head on over to bioptimizers.com slash Boomer. You can use the code Boomer10 for a nice discount. Thank you, superhumans, for tuning in today. As always, head on over to Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star review if you are so inclined. All of them are appreciated. And thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening. Have an epic day.